Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to continue our series of draft countdown shows tonight. The safety group uh, for the Ravens. A lot of people think it's not a terribly big need. On the other hand, the Ravens are stretched a little thin at safety in terms of who they have playing where with Kyle Hamilton out of position. Here to join me and talk about not only the Ravens situation, but who they might take in the draft is Jason of Huddle It Up Films. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing very, very well, Ken. Thank you again for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure for me too, Jason. One of the most knowledgeable draft people you'll find, um, particularly in terms of, of local people, one of the people I really look to and will be simulcasting on draft day, having a lot of fun with that. And if uh, you want a place to watch the draft, it's an awful lot of fun is all I can say to have uh, our panel, a great group of people watching along with it, make all kinds of interesting comments during the show, but we'll be streaming live on all three days. I can't wait, Ken. It's, it's, you know, game days are tied for first, you know, it's my favorite days of the year. And then it's those three draft days. Love it. Can't wait to be with you and, and the crew again. This is our third year together. So it's always a lot of fun. Uh, disappointment, joy, pain. Should we trade up? Should we trade back? What can we get? Who else is out there? Why is this guy slipping? I mean, it, it's never short of drama. It is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we had all the stuff last year with uh, uh, 
uh, with Garnett and uh, Travis Jones' mom going on. I, I won't get any more into it. I'll let you tell like, Garnett to tell you the story because he knows more about what's going on with those texts or messages, whatever they were. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, a, a lot of fun. And we had uh, we had Coach on last year, Coach Evans. In this case, we're talking about this a couple of different people named Coach now in the in the Baltimore podcasting community, and just a great uh, uh, a great evening. A lot of banging on the table, a lot of yelling for our guys, but. 100% Ravens-centric coverage, where the only thing we care about is how does that pick affect the Baltimore Ravens? Nothing else really matters uh, to us. And I, I think a lot of Baltimore fans have found that refreshing. Absolutely. You know, we were celebrating when those running backs were taken. Mm-hmm. Was it a couple of years ago when Najee Harris was taken? And we were we were happy. And so far, the Ravens have done an okay job containing him. Uh, the Steelers overall have been a pain in the butt, but I was still happy that it was one extra pick. This year, there's a bunch of quarterbacks. Will four go? Will five go? Uh, you know, what's the situation? What's our own situation? There's so much going on, Ken. I, I can't wait, bud. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, a lot to talk about, but we're going to talk about the safety position tonight. Get into that. The Ravens' situation at safety seems pretty darn good with Marcus Williams, Geno Stone, and Kyle Hamilton, effectively three guys who could probably play free safety. Each of them, um, all on the team. Kyle Hamilton impressed into a slot corner role last season uh, due to injury and performed at a very high level uh, after not looking so great the first couple of games, in particular that Miami game. He had some really bad misplays, including not being on the back end when he should have been one time on a, uh, I think a 60-yard throw up the left sideline. Uh, but in general, Hamilton had a fantastic season and uh, really made the pick all that worthwhile a pick we were very excited about by the way on draft night we were we were i had him in that true first round grade and he was the one left and son of a gun if he didn't slip just barely to us thanks to the eagles trading up for jordan davis who a lot of us would have been okay with that pick too i think it would have split the ravens fan base between nose tackle and best player available but um but yeah the ravens can i think are in a a pretty good situation with their with their starting three. As you mentioned, great point. You can put all three of those guys, any one of them, on the back end, and they will be they will be able to hold their own. Hamilton had some growing pains, but that's a part of the, his game that you like is his ability to play in the post. And when I'm making my list here for safeties, there are a few guys that I'm looking at that I think could pair very well with Hamilton as far as, okay, this game has a smaller, quicker slot receiver that might give Hamilton some issues. We could put this rookie safety who's really playing slot corner for us in that role. And then we'll have a guy that Hamilton can handle. And we put Hamilton in that slot corner role and having the rookie play a more traditional safety. So a lot of do it all safeties in this draft com- um, to combine with your more traditional safeties. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of players that I am concerned about them moving around from position to position. In Kyle Hamilton's case, I'm just not concerned at all at this point. He's played great slot corner. We know he played great safety at Notre Dame. It's not going to be hard for him to move to the back end again if he needs to do that. It does not appear anytime soon, unless there's an injury, that he would be the free safety, even if there was an injury. As the team stands right now, I think that Geno Stone would be the, the you know, pegged back end guy uh most of the time the single high guy i would expect it though that's not really his strength he's really more of a split safety um but anyway yeah i think he'd be the 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 free safety if if uh if that happened um now with the ravens the, the question to me is are they in a situation 
where they so badly need Kyle Hamilton at slot, which I, I kind of think is the case right now, that they have to really think about getting not even one but two safeties in the remainder of this offseason from some combination of free agency, draft, and UDFAs. I think a lot of that has to do with who's drafted before the Ravens get in a position to draft some of these guys or if they take one of these guys as a combo uh, slot corner slash safety because, you know, who knows? One of the things I've been pondering is maybe maybe Marcus Peters is in the wait at left cornerback or maybe the Ravens address a cornerback, an outside cornerback early. So you have Marlon on one side and a left cornerback on the other side, whoever it may be. How do you want to match up in the, in the slot? There's a, there's a few very good, I think, slot-only corners in this draft, but there's also a few slot safeties in this draft. And what that would allow you to do is to just play some games with having Kyle Hamilton be an X-factor and be able to cover different roles in the defense. Uh, his blitzing is excellent, Ken. Like, I think his run defense was excellent in the box. So if you can keep Kyle Hamilton in the box but not have him say, bail your team out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't have it. Like last year was – Nobody will take the slot corner role. Our last hope is to put Kyle there, and he did great. I don't want Kyle Hamilton to be in that role, but I would like him to be freed up to do so if possible. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, and and it's kind of like in, in past years when Marshall Yonda really could have been the answer at any individual line position. And I'm going to not treat Patrick McCary in that way because I don't really believe he's the perfect answer at offensive tackle. I think he's a bad answer at offensive tackle who gets you through. I deal with, but, but Marshall Yonda, he played right tackle at a very high level for a year for the Ravens in, in 2010, uh, was pretty close to a pro bowl player at that, at that point, even though I think it would have been his first, uh, when he got there. But anyway, he, he, uh, he was a guy who was always a Trump card and you could move him. And the problem is he, you, you only get to play that Trump card once. And it's the same thing with Hamilton. I, I they want him on this field somewhere. There's no doubt about it. If they're forced into slot corner, that's not as good as they can choose to play them at slot corner, as you've mentioned, in some games, in some, against some matchups as they want. It may be that that Kyle Horner, Kyle Hamilton sets a new standard for what you can do with a slot cornerback, that you can use a bigger guy there, that you, you get all this ancillary value from the tackler and the, and the pass rush and off the slot and the, the fact that he's a huge underneath guy in zone and that creates problems for the quarterback and all of those other things you get um, are, are enough to offset the fact that he really can't stay with the quick guys. But we've been you know talking on the show before, and I think there are relatively few people who could really stay with the quick guys. I am getting some feedback from you. Do you have any kind of headphones or anything you can wear? Well, I can try. Sure, sure. Just give me one second. No, you go ahead. Now, I'll I'll, I'll uh, just introduce this next segment while we go. So, we what we have. Uh, my, my I guess my point with regard to additional safeties is that the Ravens might might need one more, and they might need one more just to play dime because if Hamilton's in the slot and Williams and Stone are then on the back end. That means they might need need one more safety to play dime, and that would only really happen, I guess, if if Queen were traded because they seem like or or injured because they seem like a committed nickel team right now. So they could wait to address that till when they need to during the season, even as a possibility. Um, another possibility is they really want to move Hamilton to the back end, and then they need one extra safety anyway on the teams. So maybe a core special teamer who's just there to protect in 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 terms of injuries. I guess that guy could be UDFA since. It's really rare you have three safeties who are all free safeties who are your top three guys and cover all your positional needs to start with. That's just a very fortunate 
position to be in. Really is. And I agree with what you said earlier with uh, Geno Stone probably would be the first backup to either guy if, if they went down. Mm-hmm. So you could leave Marcus in his place if Kyle went down and vice versa. So it's, it's a blessing to have. And uh, it's what makes this since, uh, safety group interesting. Like there are some pure strong safeties in here that I have dropped down my board because to me, that's not a, a huge need for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. But in the case of like maybe who's maybe our top guy and some other guys in there who I view as slot corners, you know, as much as safeties, they're kind of bumped up my board a little bit. That, that makes complete sense. And we, you know, each guest arranges his board differently. Uh, uh, my my theory always is I I arrange for the Ravens' needs right now, and that in a way that's kind of short sighted because. A draft is not a point in time exercise. It's a four year period exercise. You know, you really got to look at what chance do you have to really get a star player is usually the better question to answer. And that's why drafting BPA makes so much sense and why it's worked for the Ravens for all these years is they, they, anytime you substitute need for value and they are comp- competing elements on draft night all the way through on all draft days, um, anytime you substitute need, um, you give up value. And you can only maximize value by ignoring need. It's <laughs> the other thing I would say on that. So uh, you're, you're occasionally only are you fortunate enough to have the player who's at the intersection of need and value. The next guy on the board is really the position you really need. In in this case, though, Ken, I would say that Hamilton and Marcus Williams are locked into this team long enough to where mm-hmm. you can find them a running partner. So, yeah. uh, yes, I like you're, I'm 100 percent with you. That's why we talked about on the D-line show how I'm not forgetting about defensive line on my board because it's a need way past this year. But uh, as it concerns this group, I want a long-term partner considering we have two free safeties, three potential free safeties on this team, two for the long haul, that I want a strong safety slash slot. And that's great because there aren't really any true safeties out there. So a strong safety slash slot. And I also put a little bit of an emphasis on a dime back. A lot of those guys are available cheap and towards the end of my board. But I still think uh, there's a couple of guys I really love as dime backs in this group. I just love them. And it would make losing Queen a little bit less of a painful experience. I mean, obviously, the Ravens have something really good with Queen and Wilcron. I don't want to, I'm not bad mouthing Queen in any way, but they don't own any piece of Queen's future beyond this year. Uh, they're not going to you know, give him the fifth year money, which means he's going to walk and the Ravens at, at best will get a comp pick for him at the end of this year. So th- there's reasonable possibility, I think, given the, how the inside linebacker board drops, that Queen may be traded on draft night. In a lot of ways, it would make sense to me. They could go back to a platoon at that position, um, have a have a dime back that they like and have a two down linebacker, whether that might be uh, Ross or perhaps uh, Malik Harrison again on the weak side. Um, that that fills their need in uh, in that respect. So we've seen the play of Queen improve so much with Roquan, and it was obviously it was improving before Roquan showed up, but it improved a lot more when he showed up. That I would really have a lot of confidence that Roquan is going to be able to build up the level of play of either of those other two gentlemen as well. Yes, agreed, agreed. And uh, you know, I don't have too much else to add to that because I, I don't want to I don't want to demean Patrick Queen, but. You know, I have a hard time seeing us paying two inside linebackers market value. Uh, and I think that, you know, one thing I've been thinking about, Ken, is 
it's quite possible that Patrick Queen has requested a trade and we don't even know about it. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think so. And, and you know, we've seen some of the things happen on social media. I think it's possible. And I think the Ravens are happy to um, indulge him if the uh, draft picks are right. If it's think, right. Because yeah. if not, you just stick with that magic you had last year. And just and just roll with it, but uh, yeah. yeah, they're not going to give them away. But 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 definitely, you know, safeties are so versatile. You mentioned there's a couple of guys I know exactly who he's talking about. At least two of them, uh, they can play that time safety and would look would look really good. All right, I'm my number ten on my board definitely is one. But you go ahead and start us off here with number ten on your board of the safeties. Sure, number ten on my board uh, is actually somebody who makes the day three slash priority free agent list. So mm-hmm. uh, this is one of my weaker positions as far as like the, the depth of it. And that's Shamari Connor out of Virginia tech. Uh, he's listed as a safety, but he's pos- position versatile can play in that slot. And he could be the dime back. Like you said, uh, covering all types of targets too. smells the big hit. He delivers. Uh, I think he can come in too hot and not settle his feet. You see some flybys with Shamari Connor. Uh, his eyes are so-so, and that can get uh, uh, you know get him lost. His timing's a tad slow with it. He is a plus blitzer, um, and I'm not seeing the ball production, but I do see a physical box-type safety who could uh, masquerade as a dimebacker. Uh, again, not a lot of like crazy positives with him, but his body type and everything else fits. Six foot two oh two out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, so he's on my list as an honorable mention at number 14 overall. And I did have some problems with him. And the, the, the primary reason why I'm not sold on him as the Ravens dime back is that he had a 17.3% missed tackle rate in 2022. And that's 16.3% in his career. Now, to put that in perspective, the standards are a little different depending on position. But for safety, like a median number is right around 13.5%. So safety's missed tackles. They're the last line of defense. They still miss tackles. It's very important, obviously, that they make a high rate of their tackles. It's one of the most important positions along with linebacker um, because they're very variable that you make a high percentage of the tackles. So uh, I, he has a decent yards per target of 6.9 in his career. 10 touchdowns and four interceptions is not exactly what you want to see. You mentioned the ball production. Uh, 51 college games, and he'll be 23 in July. So those are st- Minor strikes against him, but being 23 is not ideal, obviously. If you want a possibility of a star, generally, I'll go for the 21-year-old or the 23-year-old anytime, and the 22-year-old is obviously in the middle in, in terms of those. So Shamari Connor, uh, definitely someone who who could be – I'd be happy if he showed up at campus EDFA. I'd be thrilled. But I, that's the same as I a lot of my inside linebacker coach uh, class for people who listen to that list. There's some – players with some really terrific warts about playing linebacker um, that I still think could be great special teams player. And anything you get from them as a linebacker is a bonus. I just don't want to bet a draft pick on it. This, this is exactly where I am with Connor. Can he, Mm -hmm. he's 138 on my board and you don't go through a draft where um, that's the highest guy left, you know, your specific team, right. Your specific team needs, you're going to have number 110 or number 100 on your board almost every time. So, 138 tells you that that's a Hail Mary if you filled all your other needs in the seventh round, say, when, or, or you'd be happy if he showed up as a uh, a UDFA. And I will say, Ken, when I was looking at the missed tackles, because they stood out to me, I think a lot of those came from a true safety um, blitzing the end of the line of scrimmage, trying to beat a guy to the edge type thing. 
And I think that if you scooted it, like typical safety missed tackles, like you were talking about, I think if you put him in the box in a more crowded area with less space, he, his tackle would tackling would improve from that position. But again, it missed tackles is an issue and that's not something I like from uh, my ball players. So uh, just to kind of counterpoint your missed tackle point, I think if you put him in closer areas, he'll, that'll improve. It's something I've got on every safety going through this is the missed tackle rate because it's 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 one of the key factors I want to look at. It's kind of like not having yards per target for a receiver. You just can't evaluate a player without it, I don't believe. But uh, I, I, I get the point, and uh, let's move on to my number 10 guy. That's Jordan Howden of Minnesota. Now, he's not on a lot of boards, but look, he, I don't understand why because he's got a lot of speed. He's at 449. Uh, he is 23 years old on, on May 14th, so that's not ideal. But it's six, six foot 203. He's the right size and shape. He's a very bad vertical, broad, and bench. And that guy is, is the sort of player who might drop to the Ravens because they're going to look more at the tape. 55 college games all at Minnesota. It's an unbelievable amount. But a lot of these COVID-era players have played over 50 ball games in college, which is just, you know, frankly incredible. Um, he had a nice interception at Penn State that sealed the upset in 2019. That was when PSU was ranked fourth, and Minnesota was at about their all-time high watermark as well uh, in terms of they were in the top 20. They might have been 17th, might have been 13th at the time, but but they were highly ranked. Now, here's the thing. Here's the reason why Jordan Howden is on my list. 3.1% missed tackle rate in 2022. That was the absolute base, best of any safety. Um, and an 8.3% rate for his career, which is outstanding. He is not amazingly quite the best tackling safety in this group, in my opinion. He was best in 22, but there's another guy who was even better in the course of his college career. And in fact, I believe he's one of the, one of the greatest tacklers of all time. Um, once you, one thing you see out of Howden on his tape, a lot of outstanding downhill play, particularly on the edge, uses his speed very well to stretch to the sideline, to make tackles. He goes in, he undercuts, he uses his arms to tackle, which really corroborates that it's not just some sort of luck that he's accumulated this very low tackle percentage. He's really form that's that's exceptionally good in addition to his speed characteristics and whatnot. Only a 77.9 opposition passer rating with 6.9 yards per target. What I do see is that on the back end, his reads can be a little slow. So he's just a tick late. He doesn't figure it out before the before the ball's out of the quarterback's hand where it's going. Um, and and you see that a little bit, or at least he doesn't figure it out as quickly as, say, you know, a Kyle Hamilton does to have to overcome his speed deficiencies that we saw, you know, when he was at Notre Dame. But he's everything you'd want in a dimeback. Great tackler underneath guy he give you all kinds of value in terms of zone underneath because he'd come from that safety perspective and he'd understand what's going on in terms of routes off the line of scrimmage just by looking at them he wouldn't have to turn around to figure out okay that's you know that's a curl and that's a that's a dig you know he, he would just know so that's the good uh end of this and uh and i think howden is uh a guy i would love to have as a udfa and if the ravens tossed us a, a i guess their lowest is a six this year right they don't have a seven if i recall right. correctly uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if they if he was the sixth round pick, but I, I would love to get him as UDFA. Yeah, made my honorable mention. Um, I think he's got good safety or combo safety qualities. Like his eyes, I think they they come and go. Ken, that's what I noticed with him. There are times where he sees it well, but he's not an anticipator, and there are times when he gets locked in, which is a common problem. 
locked in on the wrong thing and is just late picking up the ball. But you mentioned I had written down 49 starts in college. So he's he has plenty of experience. Um, I think his tackling is was okay. Like that that number, the missed tackle rate kind of surprises me. Um, but I think overall he's not I think he plays slower than the four four nine that he ran. I think he's not as quick as uh as quick as you would expect uh as far as lateral quicks, but a, a solid player, somebody that made my honorable mention. So isn't that something we see from safeties a lot though? That there's a big differentiation between 40 speed and really play speed because so much of it is instincts burst on the ball, how quickly they accelerate towards towards that, what what angle they take is, is critical. You know, you got to be really good with angles as a safety more than probably any other position in terms of of knowing how to get to the right spot. So yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think I think we're actually saying the same thing about about some of the read things when you're saying he's a step late and plays a little slower. I think that it's it's um it's it's some of that same thing we're seeing. Yes, and 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 I would say other times I thought his eyes were good. Uh, is is was my point on that where he looked instinctual sometimes, and you could see it in different spots. I don't I like I don't know that he's got the physical qualities where he could be a dimebacker. But the reason he made my honorable mention and just below Connor, I guess we're kind of nitpicking on this, is that I was looking for there's some other guys in here that I think are more either more dynamic athletes or have better eyes or would be able to cover a slot receiver. So, okay, good player, though, I think. Outstanding. Who's your number nine guy? Number nine guy is somebody that I believe that I'm lower on than than other people. And that's J.L. Skinner of Boise State. Big, tall, powerful guy. His play speed is average. He did not run the 40. I don't think he did many drills at the combine, but he looks like he could match up on NFL tight ends at that 6'4 height. Uh, the height will help him downfield. And Ken, he gets big his, hits without burst. Like it's pretty amazing. A, a running back could be full speed, you know, f- full speed ahead coming at him. And he'll get into position and just brace himself, maybe take one step and lay the guy out. Um, good pad level for a, for a tall guy when he's tackling mm-hmm. um, speed can overwhelm him and he gets caught flat footed, which is a deadly combo. And that's why he's lower on my list. So not only is he, his play speed a tick slow for me, maybe two ticks slow, but he'll, he's not an anticipator when it comes to the action and he gets caught flat footed, almost like he's uh, just like literally flat footed, no, not on his toes. I'd see him as a, a better NFL linebacker, even though he's only at 209 uh, pounds. But Dime. he mixes, <clears throat> yes, even at 209 pounds, his hit power and his pad level, um, his length, everything screams like I think that he could play a dime linebacker in there because he's so physical. Um, did you want to respond to that before my last line? Uh, I, no, you go ahead and I'll I'll, uh, I'll go next. I've got a lot sure. to say. My, my, last, my last line was he has train wreck reps with great reps and his senior bowl was indicative of that play uh, senior bowl. You just saw him dominate on some reps and then guys would blow by him. He looked like he didn't have a clue. Uh, if he checks you off the line of scrimmage, you are going flying. If he missed you're, he's going right past you. So it was just a too hot and cold of a player for me, Ken, to feel comfortable on the back end of my defenses is kind of why I have them lower than others. Well, I, I think that's that's reasonable. I think he could be a dime. By the way, I only have him at number eight. I one of the things is he's the tweener body type where it's just not obvious where to put the guy on a football field. Uh, a big tall guy. If he could play outside corner, I think he could be one of the dominant, 
you know, players in the league. I just don't know that he's really got the speed to do that uh, or the or the ability. Well, currently the ability to weed wriggle, read wiggle at the top of the route and not get lost. Uh, but, you know, otherwise, I think I agree with a lot of things you said. He's 22 years old. I have a time of 455 on him. I have no idea where that came from. Don't know if it's pro day. Don't know combine. Don't know what. But, it, but 455 is what I have. Um, yards per target are not particularly great career at 7.8. But if you look at his 2022 season, only 5.5 yards per target and a 40.1 passer rating against. Now, he's playing in the Mountain West. The Mountain West is a gunslinging conference in terms yes, of uh, lots of passes thrown. Now, why is that important? He is a find-the-football player big time. And they only threw at him 32 times. So he got beat some. I'm not saying he didn't get beat, but but he got thrown at 32 times. He had a PD or interception on nine of those. So that's almost a 30% play on the football rate. Uh, in a year, that's outstanding. Um, I mean, for, just take it down. That's that's that takes the immediately takes his uh, the completion percentage down to twenty three out of thirty two, which is barely an acceptable level for a quarterback. You know, it, that it is acceptable, but it's barely so. Um, had a twelve point five percent missed tackle rate in his career. Uh, that really has not moved much. Uh, I don't think he really has the speed to play the back end, but in this case, it's not really the speed; it's really the the instincts and judgment to take the step to to make. I don't. I wouldn't want to trust him to that, but he probably does have enough speed. Um, I really love him as an underneath guy. I I love him playing slot corner, maybe in the same way that Hamilton has. I love him playing dying back, maybe. I mean, yes, will he get lost by by quick guys? Sure, they lose everybody, frankly. Um, will he have a chance against those slot guys to bang him around? Yes. And here's an important thing. Not everybody does this, but I tell you what, if you force the other team to use their motion on their slot guy, you are taking away something from them offensively. So if they can't use their Z as their motion or their tight end, if they want to do it like the Ravens do it, uh, or, or whoever else it might be to take a, you know, a jet motion player, whatever, if you force them to take it on their slot, you're taking something away from them if that's the only way they can get released against a big, long player like Skinner. So I, I do like what that what Kyle Hamilton has brought to the position with that. And I, I think I'd like Skinner in that role too. And I know I'd like him at dime. Uh, you know, no, I think I'd like him at dime. I don't know I'd like him at dime. This is a guy they have to draft. He will be drafted. His physical gifts are too great and too extreme that there isn't somebody out there who can envision a player in their system, a player like this in their system. So do I really believe he's going to go in the third round? Like some people say, no, but could, could he, could he? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. You go on day three, very definitely. And, uh, and, the Ravens will lose out if they if they don't draft him there, and it probably puts them out of the market on a player like Skinner. Frankly, that's what I'm thinking, Ken. If you got him at eight, I got him at nine. Other teams are going to have him much higher, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was glad to hear that. That's what I said. I see him as a better NFL linebacker, even at two hundred nine. Uh, like he plays much bigger than that size, and uh, you know I could see him on that weak side next to next to Rokon as your dime safety. Uh, you, you, don't need, you don't need a lot of size to play dime back. You, 200 is fine in, in uh, when when you're coming in and playing on third and six. Anyway, you, right. uh, you know, you're not really facing the run very often. So, yeah, he's 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 an interesting player with some just he's the extreme I think outlier as far as the physical skills and what he brings in in this uh, in this class. Yeah, I would agree. There's there's a lot of of uniformity of height and weight otherwise in the rest of the class and, and speed for that matter. But who's your number eight guy? Sure. My number eight guy, another guy, I think, Ken, that will go a little higher uh, than I have him. He's number 114 on my board in that draftable category. So again, this is another guy you're looking at in the fifth round or so. And that's it. Well, I would be, I think he's going to go earlier than that. It's Jartavius Martin of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Call him Quan. Uh, an extremely fast player, four, four, six, forty, and I think that his play speed is 
you know, that fast. Um, he's a 2018 recruit, five-year player. For some reason, he only started two years and only played 25 games in his first three years. And I want to know why. Like, I saw some injury things, and then I tried to look for it again and didn't see it. So I don't know if it's just uh, if he was banged up or COVID had something to do with it. But um, for somebody that runs a four four six, I would expect them to become a starter faster, um, you know, and instead of being in the, in, the, in the program for five years and only starting for two. Outstanding athleticism, but out of control, too reactive, trusted in man and in the post, but I liked him better in man. I didn't like his instincts playing single high deep. Nasty play demeanor, physical, blazed the 40, a 44-inch vertical, by the way. Yep. And uh, overall – I said better athlete than player, and I like smart safeties. Yeah, you, you really notice the jump show up in terms of his downhill acceleration. It's fantastic. Um, now, you what you where you want it to show up is in change of direction anywhere. But he really he's he's a great downhill uh, safety, a, a really good. I thought fast to the sideline as well. So you get that value of of stringing some plays out. Most of his college play has been at slot corner. Uh, strong safety seems to be a pretty good bet for the NFL. He could again be one of these hybrid guys who could who could play either and certainly play slot in a pinch if you needed him for. Uh, interceptions cut a couple interceptions on tip, a couple of fumble recoveries. Definitely has a nose for the football with regard to that. Uh, if it's out, he's after it. Uh, 5.4% missed tackle rate the last two seasons is simply outstanding. Uh, was not as good before, so he's he's still a 10.1% career. But as you mentioned, 13.5 is about normal for a safety. So it's a, it's a good career he's had as a tackler that's been outstanding the last two seasons. I think he gets lost in coverage a little bit. And the thing I noticed was this. When he either looks into the backfield early, or, or peeks into the backfield, I should say, not early, or or he bites is when he typically gets lost and everybody gets lost biting. So it's just a matter of getting better at reading that wiggle, reading what's going on at the top of the route. But the other thing I think is probably correctable is they will find better methods for him to take a peek into the backfield when in phase with the player, keep his hand on that um, opposing uh, uh, wide receiver or tight end, whatever it might be, get your look, see if the ball is coming and be able to to check it by something more than just what the how you're reading the receiver looking at him. So I, I, that's something I think could be be corrected. Eight point three yards per target in twenty two, and eight point nine for his career. Right now, those are the big numbers that kept him off my board. I have an at, at number twelve on my list. So he's the second honorable mention player. There you go, Ken. I think your summary, and well, of course, my summary. I would hope that I liked it. I think that those were very good. Um, no, just ser- the, the seriously though, better athlete than football player. That's yeah. If I had to sum it up in one one word, that would be it. I think that four four six speed is real, but his change of direction is not. And when he gets out of position, he gets out of position quickly and is not able to recover from that quickly. Um, and and maybe he's a a, a man slot corner. You know what I mean? You just stick him in man coverage and let him go stick with this guy and he can do that. And that's part of the reason with his athletic makeup that I think some team will could draft him in like, you know, the fourth round or something like that. But he, he just, you know, on my board, he doesn't make the cut. He's number one fourteen, which is in the draftable category, which is my last uh, line before, you know, priority UDFAs. So that's a, it's an interesting spot 
to be a man only slot corner because you really don't want to give away the defense. You certainly don't want to if you're the Baltimore Ravens that that hey you're you're, you're playing man. But they, they do have gimmick defenses now that are like the box and one in basketball where the slot plays man and the otherwise plays zone. Uh, so it, it's it can be done. Uh, there are a lot of wide receivers in this draft. I'm going to say a lot. There's probably like three or four of the big ones are big slot receivers who have excelled there in college and probably would like to stay there in the NFL. And, and for teams like the Ravens, they really stood out like a store thumb because the Ravens have to use a lot of their slot snaps for their tight ends because they, you know, that's where a lot of the talent receiving talent on the team is right now. And it didn't make sense to me to go out and get a Cedric Tillman and rank him as high as I otherwise might on my board. Um, uh, JSN is another guy. He probably, you know, I have him at fourth on my wide receiver board, but he could have been higher, uh, but he's mostly a big slot guy. And, you know, a guy who, who if you had an answer uh, like, uh, like this guy, you would do it. Uh, you would, Quan Martin could be a guy who would cover a big slot. And if it's man coverage all the time, well, he's got a, he's got a better chance. I think some of the other things that he does to get lost by receivers, uh, particularly downfield can probably be corrected. And I think the Ravens have played some of that box and one type basketball defense with Marlon. We've seen where they trust him one-on-one with their best guy and kind of fill in with zone around them. But, uh, but yeah, that's just, uh, my preference. I, I think the guys above, uh, Jotavius on my list. Like we're getting into the guys now who I think have good instincts. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So my number eight guy was Skinner. So we're to your number seven guy, right? It's yes. And that's Jamie Robinson out of Florida state, two M's in Jamie. So if you want to look him up, it looks like Jamie, but Jamie Robinson is a four, six guy, basically a four, five, nine. Uh, but he's quick. He is quick, quick, quick spark plug, energy giver, Plays like his hair is on fire, which, by the way, Ken, I've, after I type that, I think you don't want to run around when your hair is on fire. You probably want to stick it in the ground, but uh, it's, it's no <laughs> term. <laughs> right? um, good short burst, very quick feet, average long speed, tough player, but undersized. He is 5'11", 191, uh, making plays all around the line of scrimmage, eludes blockers in small spaces is one of the things I really loved when – Things get tight in and around that box, and there's a lot of action. He is able to duck around guards and offensive linemen and put his nose uh, where the ball is. He showed up at the Senior Bowl in man coverage. Ken, he looked as good as the cornerbacks uh, that were there. Not some of the aircraft carriers, as you say, the longer cornerbacks, but his quickness and feet and his hip turning. uh, He looked like a corner when I first saw him. Uh, A lot of teams may wonder how to use him best. I like him as a slot, primarily in the slot, and I believe he could be a plus blitzer if he was allowed to do so more. So 5'11", 191, uh, quick as a hiccup, and I have him in a cluster of safeties, uh, number 102 on my board, uh, also in the draftable category, but just another level ahead of uh, Quan Martin. All right, Jamie Martin, I have him in the exact same spot, so we got an agreement there. I have a couple extra comments about him, though. Um, 29 and 5 eighths inch arms is the big problem. 5'11", 191, that's fine. That's okay, safety size. Maybe a little bit light. But I think also he might have lost weight to try and improve his combine testing, and it did not work. He had a 33.5-inch vertical, a 9'8 broad. They are both awful results. He did bench 23 times, which is – that's grown man strength. That's first for safety. That's very unusual. Uh, there are a couple guys in this class who – 
really look to be the kind of weight room guys who who've uh, already honed themselves to a degree. And there's a couple of guys who are not somebody who did eight, eight bench reps. We're going to get to, uh, but anyway, bad, bad drills with the exception of that bench number. Uh, I, I have a speed of 459 on him. I don't know whether that came from the combine or someplace else, no, but that's a combine. Know. If I don't have a speed, it means, uh, they ran it at pro day and I don't care. So okay. I, I try to get them all that's on the good same point. track. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, I took it from wherever, but I did try and note it where it was from the pro day. Um, in, in any case, uh, 7.3% career missed tackle rate. That's good. And and you really see a lot of that on, on tape. You mentioned his, he would be a better pass rusher. He had 33 pass rushes this last season, 14 pressures and a batted pass. It was the best pass rush performance really of anybody on my list in the, in the safety group, 45% pressure rate. Uh, he does a great job of selecting his gap from off the line of scrimmage. He creeps up late. He's on the end of the line of scrimmage like Ed Reed was at times. Uh, I just like a lot of, of how he does this. And most of Robinson's game, frankly, is around the line of scrimmage. That's where a lot of his value is. So having him uh, creep up. He's another guy I think would make an outstanding dime back. He, if he can be a slot corner and give you the other value there, maybe you can overlook some of the coverage uh, weaknesses that's there. He's not an exceptional guy in terms of top of the route he would be it's not really a press press corner either at his size you know with that with that arm length or 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 at his size for that matter but but he would be a um a a good guy to uh have in some man uh concepts or even in in short zone off the slot where his coverage weaknesses are going to be hidden and his his tackling strengths and pass rush strengths are going to be maximized. So whether that means slot corner or dime, I'm okay with either. And and he's up there. I just and it does actually kind of meet the Ravens' need. I just I think he's not quite as good as some of the other players. 7.0 yards per target career. That's okay. That's right in the middle of the pack. 84 and a half uh opposition passer rating that was better in 22. Uh what else did I have to say it? He had the big plays that helped Florida State to a Cheez-It Bowl win over Oklahoma. They've gone too far with these bowl names. You know, I thought it was bad when Maryland won the Poland Weed Eater Independence Bowl. And this is probably 30 years ago now that this this happened. Uh, And I thought they have got to fix bowl names. They can't be product names and and have a a Cheez-It Bowl win over Oklahoma, which is a great, you know, organizational win for Florida State to beat Oklahoma in a bowl game. But – Terrible name for the ball game. <laughs> you know, say. you know what, Ken? I've never been so thankful for MT Bank Stadium right now. I'm so glad that partnership because you imagine going down to the Cheez It. Let's go down yeah. to Cheez It Stadium. No, no, but the cracker. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, the one point, other point I want to make about Jamie Robinson is I love his fit in here. I think that he struggles against bigger targets from the, the three games that I saw. And then when I match that together with his senior bowl where he was going up against some smaller guys or you know, receivers, you know what I mean? Not, not tight ends. Uh, I, I really liked what I saw. So when you're talking about matching a guy up with Kyle Hamilton and Geno Stone, um, you know, if you, if you want to put Kyle in the slot, you put Geno Stone at strong safety. If you want Kyle at strong safety, you can put a guy like Jamie Robinson in the slot and give you that pure slot corner. You mentioned his blitzing. I thought that he could have been asked to blitz more because I love what I saw in his change of direction. And uh, the last thing I want to come back to again is uh, because you didn't touch on it. This is ability to maneuver in the box with a lot of traffic going Mm -hmm. on and just slither his body around. And like for a guy that doesn't like you look at his body and you don't think he's a big hitter, he brings a little bit of that pain. Maybe that goes to his bench press number or something, but 
Like he's a he's a very good tackler, and I think he matches up very good against quick targets. So I see the fit, like the fit with this team in particular, screams Ravens to me. And if we even took him like in the fourth round, which would be way high on my board, but if you're drafting him to be a slot corner, I don't think that's where Tav- Tavon was drafted, for instance. Uh, I don't, you know, it may be a reach. I'm sure I'll have many other players ahead of him, but I wouldn't throw the headset and be upset. Like I can see where he would, I can see where they would be going with drafting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it could be. It's a, that would be a very safety heavy way to go. Even if they drafted the aircraft carrier in the first round, that'd be a very safety heavy defensive backfield. They'd be looking at, at putting on the field, but that's uh, that, that I, I wouldn't be either really bothered by that either. And I'd like to get them later uh, as you mentioned, but when you, once you're talking about that point in the draft, you're not talking about huge amounts of draft capital differences, um, but you do want to get value. And, and uh, you know, you like, like you say, you probably have, a defensive lineman you like and you know Siaki Ika if he's if he's com- competing with Jamie Robinson are you are you unhappy that they draft Robinson over Ika right like I have Ika I'm sure higher on my board I think he's yeah. in the 70s or something yeah. but if we drafted Robinson I'd be like you know what he's probably going to be more useful this year at least than Ika would be you know so uh interesting very interesting could be I wonder if we've got the same top six guys because right now I think all of my top six are probably going to be on your list, but we'll see. Let's hear your number six. Okay, so I feel like I'm low on this guy because I see him go in the third round and, so, and such, and that's Jordan Battle from Alabama, uh, 6'1", 209. Senior, he started as a true freshman, was a top 100 recruit. So, excuse me, Ken, uh, highly recruited coming out of, uh, of high school. What I noticed last year, and this is something that stuck with me, is in some of the big Alabama games. And, of course, I wasn't writing this down last year. Maybe I should get in the habit of doing that. But his angles got him in trouble on the back end. Um, And that's something that stuck with me and carried over to this year. So I think I was a little tough on him when he was asked to play in the back end. Of course, Brian Branch, you know, played alongside of him in different roles. So uh, good size, good instincts. His play speed varies, but his physical demeanor doesn't. Uh, he's a very physical player, more enforcer than playmaker. He's got six interceptions and 10 passes defensed in 52 games. I see him as a split safety, a box safety, man on tight ends. And, you know, he could play that dimebacker role too, again, with his uh, physicality. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, he's he had, I, I'm sure he has played some single high at Alabama, but I think most people would say that the real question for him, the break point is going to be whether he can play the back end split and maybe show the better instincts, which really translates to better angular movement, quicker movement to get started, uh, to, to get to the right spot. There are some, so what's your, some, I'm sorry to interrupt, but what's your feel on that, Ken? Like, do you think he can split? He'd be okay. Split speed. Speed is there from the combine of 455, or maybe that was his pro day. Actually. I don't know where that was measured. It's but combine. Combine. Great. Sorry, yes. So it's so 455. I, I, that's, that's good enough for me. Um, in terms of some of the things of recognition, there will be things that can improve um, in terms of recognition. Now, you'd rather he be Kyle Hamilton's coming out of school and be way better than his speed. But on the other hand, it, the speed is the thing that's not going to completely desert him. And the other thing can get better. So I kind of like having a safety with something he can improve at the pro level. And I actually have battle number two overall. So okay. this is where we have a, a, a point of divergence here. Uh, I thought his downhill pursuit is just outstanding. Uh, he's right there on stretch plays. 
so often he's early. Now, that Alabama defense can afford to completely trust each other because they're all so good, but he is just outstanding at being there. Weaves right through any kind of screen blocking traffic. They just don't have time to set up against him. Uh, I think he's a great answer for opposing tight ends. Now, there's a lot of guys who are in this category, but at 6'1", 209, he's big enough. He's physical enough. I think he's instinctive enough that – um, that he can he can stay with the tight end and and particularly down the field be a be a guy who's not a problem or a, a linebacker might be uh, not not quite have the same speed not quite have the same uh, ability to, to play on the ball um, his career interceptions I looked at all of them uh, he had a deep goal line underthrow versus Duke an undercut on a slant we're getting to the point here at the end of this but I'd like to like see if there are common threads in sets of good plays but anyway absolutely. Deep goal line underthrow versus Duke. That was just basically a gimme interception at the end of a game. Undercut slant. That is so rare for a safety to make that play. It's a very difficult one. It's something Ed Reed could do. You almost have to be breaking on the play in advance as a robber to do it, and that's what happened in this particular case. Had no help on the play, so it was almost like the defense was set up to make that play to start with. He broke right on the route. The quarterback bit on it. Interception. Uh, Undercut a seven route. Uh, really baited the Mississippi State quarterback in so doing. Uh, he was playing off ball. It was another case where Alabama appeared to have nobody in defense, but Battle was moving towards the action at a faster at at a, at a speed necessary to get there before the ball did. Anyway, undercut the route and did a did a great job on that. Uh, a deep goal line underthrow versus Mississippi State. That's kind of similar to the Duke. It was an end of game thing. Undercut a slant uh, with outside help uh, in Georgia. Great opportunity to use the back end of the bracket to your advantage. So you're not always the back-end guy. When you're safety, you could take the choice to try and undercut that route if you know you have help from that corner to make the tackle if you have it and misses. And then a really another good one, he diagnosed a wheel route on which he really became the receiver against Kansas State. So the point of this is, why did I go through all of that? Six very different interceptions from Jordan Battle, which showed a lot of awareness all over the field in terms of what was going on. He knew what was going on. He knew how to make the play when it was given to him. He knew how to make the play when the defense was designed to have him get that play on, on the robber route, on the outside, on the seven route. And he knew how to play man, man coverage when it was necessary on that wheel route. So just very impressive in terms of, of the variety of things he did. Uh, I think instincts are going to be the thing that we need to see better at the NFL level. It just needs to be, you know, probably a third or a quarter of a step quicker in terms of getting off the uh, the blocks, and then he's got the other athleticism uh, to get there right now. So I think he'll be fine on that. His his career college coverage statistics are outstanding: five point five yards per target, and that's on one hundred and eleven targets in a whole lot of football games. Um, five touchdowns allowed, but six interceptions. Uh, just been been a hell of a safety in college, and I know he's playing on a great defense. Context is important, and he's playing with with players he can trust all the way around him. It's not like he ever has to pick up where somebody else is. is dumped a bucket of crap on the ground as, as will happen in a lot of other places. But, uh, but I like him a lot. He's my number two guy. There you go, Ken. Yeah. You know, I I'm still scratching my head how he played 52 games and only had five or 10 passes defended credited to him. And uh, yeah, I apologize for interrupting there, but I was really stuck on whether he has the instincts to even play split safety in the back end. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's his instincts and then his angles, I think get him in trouble on that. Yeah, great point. And it, is, it definitely is the question about him, I would say. So we're up to, I believe, my number six guy, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And I, my number six guy is Jair Brown of Penn State. Uh, 
a lot to like about this guy. And a lot of these guys in this general range, um, I really liked for different reasons. But he's 5'11", uh, 211. 447-40. You could tell me if that's a combine or not. He is already 23, it'll be 23 years, eight months when the season begins effectively. That's old. You don't really want that. He is primarily a ball hawk with 10 career picks, but all of those came in the last two seasons. So if you could arrange it, you probably would rather have 10 in the last season, but if you could arrange it, otherwise you'd put them on the last two seasons somehow. Um, variety of playing for the under overthrow, undercuts, robber plays, does a really good job of playing his reads that entails some risk. And I think in general at the college level, he's gotten paid off for it. Now you do face better quarterbacks at the pro level. And one of the questions for Jair Brown is going to be, can quarterbacks successfully look him off regularly and make him not be gambling uh, when they know he's the big problem? You know, Tom Brady always wore the arm bracelets that said, always wore it, but he, he, did, he wore it once when they took a picture of it, said find 20 on every play. When referring to Ed Reed, when somebody knows who the dark Lord is back there in the secondary, and th they're going to be looking at that guy regularly, you know, or, or tr trying to look at the receiver who's closest to that guy, maybe even more likely, um, you know, how Jair reacts to that will be an interesting thing. So I do think he'll end up on the back end for some team uh, has kind of a high missed tackle rate, 13.9% in 22. That was actually the best of his college career, which is 14.6%. Um, otherwise 67.1 passer rating against him in college, which is terrific. Uh, four touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And what else do I have? Oh yeah. This is an interesting point here. 442 total college yards allowed and 226 interception return yards in his career. There you go. That's, that's a net of 1.8 yards per target. If you want to look at it in that other phony baloney way, uh, rarely a factor as a run fit player. He does do some good hill, uh, downhill tackling in the passing game, but he's not like some of the other uh, tacklers. Uh, Battle would be in this category. So are, so are other guys who are so fast coming down into the box from that free safety position to make a tackle. Yeah, you know, just turn 23 is one of the negatives, but um, my main positive with him, Ken, is he just reeks of IQ. Reeks mm -hmm. of IQ was one of my lines. Um, he's around the ball a lot, and he's a, he's a stat sheet filler. Um you know, sacks, tackles for losses, interceptions from the post, uh, interceptions in a couple of different ways when I watched his uh, highlight tape to see how he got all his interceptions. Uh, I think he can bigger uh, body up bigger backs, but tackling isn't uh, what I like. It's more of his instincts are as good as it gets at the college level. And I believe that if he had more speed and more burst, he'd be a slam dunk day two pick. Um, and he probably would have came out last year, you know. But um, lots of good. I think he can be a little over-aggressive reading the quarterback, but a lot of great safeties are. Uh, they just trust their instincts, and it's more a lot more good than bad with his aggressive reading. So, uh, you know, I love Jair Brown. I have Jair Brown, Jordan Battle, and Jamie Robinson all very close on my list. And, uh, you know, he's one of my favorite players, just nose-for-the-ball nose type of guy uh, in this draft. So what did you have, Brown? I had him at number I had him at number five, so I guess you had battle at five, right? No, you had battle. I had battle at two. Favorite. Yeah, so I had battle and then Jair Brown at number five. All right. All right. Outstanding. Uh, Jason, always a pleasure talking football with you. We're going to come back and talk about our five through one guys on the second half of the show. But before we do that, tell folks where they can find your work online. 
Sure. Huddle It Up Films. You can find me on YouTube. You can also find me on Twitter at Huddle It Up Films. Uh, just did a show with our, our friend Vaz and, uh, and Yuri uh, where we did a hard countdown of our top. We called it the Sweet 16, but basically our top 16 guys in the draft can uh, because we weren't counting quarterbacks. And of course, there's always wild cards. So a lot of people are like, OK, well, would you take Joey Porter if he's there? Well, sure, but who else is there? So we wanted to put a hard order to those guys at the top, and it was fascinating how each of us interpreted needs and, uh, you know, what's the need for now, what's the need for later. Do you take the stud cornerback if he's there? And we just took it straight from the top. So uh, we had a good time on that show. Also did a show with Alec Polianis going over my entire big board, which is was a great show too. So uh, catch me on YouTube or Twitter. Highly recommend you do that. And uh, Jason will have his big board on our simulcast on draft night. Want to encourage people to join us for that. And uh, definitely a lot of fun. And it is like a big family, you know, sitting down to, to, to watch football together. People who a uh, uh, lot of respect for each other, I think, in terms of, of uh, uh, draft knowledge, but also just great football fans and uh, a lot of fun on that night. Ton, ton of respect. And like I say, football is family because it really does feel like that. You know, uh, my family isn't into the NFL draft. They're in the Ra- they're Ravens fans. We watch the games together, but it's hard to find peers when it comes to studying prospects and really getting into how every pick affects the Ravens. So, I mean, yeah, you guys are like family. I wouldn't want to be with anybody else on draft night. All right. Outstanding. Uh, other facts out there. If you want to be on a film study short, hit me up. Topics are open right now. We're pretty much done with any pre-draft stuff. There won't be time to do one. But if you have a post-draft analysis show you want to do, that's fine. If you want to talk about any kind of roster building during the offseason or how the Ravens ought to look at UDFAs or uh, any of that kind of thing, that, that, that's fine. And uh, there'll still be free agency going on. And if you have targets for the Ravens that might make sense after draft day, that'd be kind of a good show to do. I'll be doing play shows of that one play still for, for the rest of the summer. Uh, and then we'll also be doing um, – two players per person, a number of shows on that. If you would like to be involved in that, send me a DM on Twitter. I'll, I'll see if I can find a slot for you, but it'll be about 27, 26, 27 shows. It's a good way to cross sectionally look at some of those position groups and what's going on, get some different opinions on each of them rather than having just one person do the, do, do the position group all by themselves. Jason, thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate you. I'll talk to you next time on film study. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.